0: I'm Caleb Bauchner, Associate Editor of Precision Farming Dealer. Welcome to the latest episode of the Precision Farming Dealer podcast. New episodes of this series are available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to get an alert when upcoming episodes are released. Today I'm talking with two of the minds behind an Australian research project aiming to improve cellular connectivity for farming operations. The FarmWide Wi-Fi Project brings together ag tech company Zedify and researchers at two universities to build antenna arrays for farm equipment and operations. The arrays will be specifically designed to handle the demands of farming, and the goal is to have them ready for market in 18 months. In this episode of the Precision Farming Dealer podcast, Zetify CEO Dan Winson and Professor Dave Lamb. Chief Scientist of the Food Agility Cooperative Research Center discuss the Farm Wide Wi-Fi project scope, how it will benefit farmers, and why connectivity will be vital for the future of farming. Here's Dave Lamb to get us started.
1: I'm currently the chief scientist in a cooperative research center A CRC is a partnership between government, industry, and universities, or including government agencies, research agencies. Uh, they tackle sort of gnarly challenges or theme areas, for example, you know, future food systems, renewable energy, waste management, things like that. There are six CRCs in the area of agri-food innovation in the country. Ours is called Food Agility. Ours is specifically focused on unlocking the power of data and digital. So Dan's project, Entity Fire More Broadly, is a classic example of a real innovator in this space and the sort of organisations we like to partnership with. Uh, My own background, um, I'm a physicist uh, by training. Uh, They're a PhD in Plasma Physics way back, but I've been involved in precision agriculture since the early 90s, Uh, pretty well when selective availability for GPS, which is the only GNSS uh, of its kind at the time, was switched off. And so I was very lucky to be at the ground zero of the very first year um, monitoring work in the grape mine industry on the back of the grains industry Electromagnetic soil surveying, um, sort of prospecting technologies, EM38. Airborne remote sensing, we flew airborne videos around uh, because satellite imagery wasn't up to speed. And uh, also, proximal sensing technologies, devices, you could measure things on the ground. And of course, they were the Wild West days really in the 90s and everything is sort of springboarded off those particular thematic areas. So I've been very fortunate. I've been involved in that since way back. More recently, about 10 years ago, I started on the smart farming journey. So I I, I realized that um, there's only so far you could take what we call precision agriculture until you got on top of things like telecommunications and connectivity um, data and trust and, 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 um, and interoperability of data. So I got wrapped around that uh, in recent times. And um, where I've met Dan, of course, and the zf team is that I'm involved in building my second smart farm. It's called a Global Digital Farm um, at Charles Sturt University. The first one being at the University of New England. So these are institutionally hosted commercial scale farms really demonstrating the power of data and digital.
2: I'm uh, Dan
1: Winston, CEO and founder
2: of Zetify. We're a tech startup in uh, Wagga Wagga, New South Wales. I first met Dave three years ago at a conference called Evoke Ag and um, showed him my pitch deck, uh, which actually cited a paper that Dave had written the year before uh, called Precision to Decision Agriculture. And one of the key themes that I took away from that and and agreed with it, it really lined up with everything I've heard from producers is that They don't just need fast connectivity into the the farm office or or to the house. They need it everywhere in order to do their jobs, whether that's to make phone calls and do simple things like having mobile broadband out in the fields or whether that's adopting uh, the latest technological advances uh, including precision farming practices. Um, Connectivity underpins all of that. I'm a wireless network engineer and our company is focused on building solutions for people in rural and remote areas that don't have adequate cellular coverage in australia that's around 60 percent of the farms have so little or no coverage and um, of course in the us it depends on which state you're dealing with but we're just opening an office in rochester new york after winning five hundred thousand dollars in the grow new york competition last year which is quite, uh, quite exciting we know that in the new york uh, region there's certainly a need for better connectivity and that need um, only becomes greater as you head uh, west we're um, essentially building devices that uh, repeat wireless signals across farms, and then um, they get their internet access over either Starlink or over over cellular or, or over a local wireless internet service provider. We're not so much about bringing the connectivity to the farm, we're more about bringing in whatever's the best option available and then getting it out everywhere where it's needed so that high bandwidth connectivity is available. So that's how we sort of linked up on, on this project. Um, to to work with the team at University Technology Sydney's Radio Frequency and Communications Technologies Lab. Basically, these guys are antenna and RF system designers who are able to help us push the the, the limits of what's possible as far as um, sending a a standards-compliant Wi-Fi signal as far as possible at the highest speed possible across a farm.
0: Okay.
3: Could you tell me a little bit about the farm-wide Wi-Fi project? Definitely.
2: So Zetify already builds and and sells farm-wide Wi-Fi networks and farmers are using this to get their machinery connected to the internet and and the operators within the machinery uh, access to faster and more reliable mobile broadband. Uh, they use that for Wi-Fi calling and they use that for remote support um, of their smart machinery. So we've done some pilots with Case IH. Uh, Case IH Australia have been incredibly supportive of everything we've uh, done from the very start, which has been great. Right, right now we're using off-the-shelf antennas. So we buy them from an Australian company uh, called RFI and another Australian company called ZCG. They're, they're off the shelf and they're good antennas, but they're really designed as a, as a generic antenna for use anywhere. What we need to do is um, yeah, use the expertise within the university to build systems that are really designed for tractors and for, for other farm machinery and farm vehicles so that we can improve the range and provide um, more coverage uh, across farms in a format that's suitable for use on, on these vehicles. So, so that's what we're going to be working on for the next 12 months, uh, de- designing, prototyping and, um, and trialing different options for these antenna systems and the, and the RF systems that, that uh, work with these antennas to extend the range uh, out into the fields even further. So right now we can do about a mile or two miles, depending on the, the, the country. We're, we're trying to push that out to, to, to three or four miles if possible, is the idea.
3: What's unique about the antennas that you would need for farm equipment versus those off-the-shelf ones that are available right now?
2: The, the main thing is um, yeah, building them in a, a, a format that's uh, suitable for use on machinery that's moving and, and, and vibrating. And it's got to be tough enough and it's got to be small enough and, and still perform to the best level possible. So that's uh, that's where the focus is.
3: What will this look like out in the field?
2: From a physical point of view, we still don't know. It's very early days as far as what we're, uh, you know, what we're going to be deploying. Um, we're not throwing out any ideas. Essentially, we're dealing with a, something that's a niche market, but it's, it's a very fast growing niche market. So no one has yet built a system specifically for connectivity on top of tractors. You can buy a, a cellular booster or you can buy a Wi-Fi repeater and, and put it on there. And lots of farmers are doing that. What we've identified is that this is going to be a really high-growth market as these vehicles move to full autonomy. There's going to be a greater need for connectivity. And um, as precision agriculture adoption continues and as new um, streams of precision agriculture uh, that are dependent on connectivity become uh, widely adopted, connectivity is going to be more important, which justifies the investment in a system specifically for it. Um, So, yeah, physically what it looks like, not sure yet. Um, What it's going to achieve, though, is is on those farms that don't have high-bandwidth connectivity out, in the fields. They're going to have the same advantages that farmers that are closer to town that do have reliable cellular coverage have.
3: What would be the benefit of someone in the more rural areas having higher connectivity? I'm going to
1: come at this from a, a bit of a roundabout way. The thing is, is precision ag is more than just collecting yield maps, soil maps, and coding up a machine and going out and doing variable rate or some sort of seeding rate or something like that in the field so precision ag when you bring into effect that there's a whole lot of other decisions that involve precision on the farm it's largely asynchronous in other words we're creating and generating lots of data in the field and bleeping it back to the cloud but as dan pointed out the challenge we've got is in order to access the value of it short of putting a flash card into a machine and saying put out variable rate fertilizer or whatever there that particular operation beyond that you've got to go back to the farmhouse to access it high speed broadband capability in the field, means that you can access a lot of the other information on the cloud that you currently use your necktop computer to solve. In other words, you look at it, you make a decision, you go out and do something. So it's, it really is about managing workflow in the field when you can access it from anywhere. The other thing of course is autonomous farming is largely tech ready. Like there's four pathways to an autonomous farming future. There's your technology, which is your machines, but it would also require telecommunications and data analytics. Data analytics is quite mature, but the telecommunications subgroup in Australia for us at the moment is an impediment. But you've also got the regulatory pathway, you've got the farm ready pathway, and you've got the social pathway. So what I'm getting at here is that, for example, you're gonna to need to have really well connected machines and with lots of data flying backwards and forwards from them as part of even regulatory compliance, situational awareness, firmware upgrade, the whole deal. You know, we've got lots of oral stories in Australia where people drive machines to the top of a hill to get good mobile connectivity so they can do upgrades. So in a nutshell, I think broadband and high speed connectivity out anywhere in the field, anywhere on your farm, um, is simply a key enabler of precision ag. And this sort of technology is exciting. And we have a gnarly challenge in Australia. If you can walk out and set up a vision system anywhere on your farm, it could be looking at animals when they're calving and lambing, it could be looking at secure points, watching the... the pastures grow. If you can have vision quality connectivity anywhere on your farm, you can make a big difference to the business and flow of farm management. And that's why high speed internet, broadband coverage anywhere on the farm is important.
0: Hi, it's Michaela again. I'd like to invite you to join me and the rest of the Precision Farming Dealer team for the next Precision Farming Dealer Summit. This two-day event brings together the top Precision Farming Equipment Dealerships from around North America for a mix of general sessions featuring top industry experts, profit-boosting dealer-to-dealer panels, and highly interactive roundtable discussions. Register today at com to join the brightest minds in Precision Farming. You'll leave with a roadmap for implementing ideas and technologies for Precision farming, retailing and servicing success. Now let's get back to the conversation as Dan and Dave explain the testing parameters for the FarmWide Wi-Fi project and the target cost for this technology.
3: Where are you guys testing this technology and how many acres will you be using? What will you be using the technology
2: to do? Sure. What we're looking to test um, is we're going to baseline the antennas that are currently available um, and the RF systems that are currently available that we can use with our Wi-Fi repeaters and with our with our cellular devices. And then we're going to basically get the uh, very, very smart people at University of Technology Sydney to put their minds to designing new systems that we can uh, yeah basically uh, benchmark against these. So we'll have tractors, trucks hopefully some robots uh, driving around the farm that we can uh, put different systems on and then compare the the lab expected results and the real world results, um, and then integrate that into our products for launch at the end of that 12 month period.
1: So in in relation to the the, the testing ground, so as I mentioned earlier, it's established a global digital farm. It's an 1800 hectare mixed farming operation. It's got crops, irrigated pastures and of course there's a livestock production system superimposed on it as well. Now that particular farm is also going to be a proving ground. It's going to be Australia's first hands free farm as well. And so this is an ideal proving ground. So in addition to having you know normal farm operations, it's a fully commercial farm. we can go deep on some of the autonomous technology pathway for this particular mixed farming sort of type of enterprise. And so this is gonna be the ultimate proving ground for Dan. Now it's as flat as a pancake, which is what good cropping country generally is, but there are also a number of other smart farms around the country. And so, um, you know, there's a stretch goal that we really wanna test this out on some pretty gnarly country as well. But at the end of the day, the grains industry is gonna be the first ideal proving ground for Dan's technology.
3: It'll be exciting to see what happens.
2: It will, yeah, and like we we already know that the, the foundational technology works. Like we're just dealing with uh, 802.11 Wi-Fi, and this is commonly available and. Farmers are already using Wi-Fi to get connectivity out into their fields, but they're having to cobble together solutions using providers um, that do a great job in enterprise sectors like Cisco and Ubiquity. But what we're doing is building products that are specifically for this market and we're uh, designing them so that they're more robust, they're easier to deploy. They've got features that are needed to make them work reliably on a farm, like mesh technology that links them up together. Um, and power conserving uh, technology to make them suitable for use with solar systems. So we'll be putting repeaters onto utility poles, we'll be putting repeaters onto machinery, we'll be doing standalone repeaters, uh, all with the goal of driving down the cost of, uh, of having pervasive coverage across uh, a farm so that the farmers can have the connectivity they need for their machinery, for their precision ag, but also just for their phone and their, uh, their tablets so that they can make use of the data that they're already collecting.
3: I know you said that the actual look of this is in progress as you're developing it. Um, But what do you envision this looking like when it goes to market? What would be the components that somebody would buy to implement on their Farm.
2: I can tell you what we've got right now and it's going to be an iteration on that. So there's a mixture of fixed and, and portable uh, products. So the fixed products can be uh, installed on top of a shed or a barn um, or on, onto a utility pole on top of any, any higher uh, silo um, or, or a standalone mast and these fixed components can be solar powered or mains powered and they're designed essentially to be in a, a spot where you either need always on connectivity or somewhere that's a good relay point for providing long range connectivity out across the property and then there's the vehicle or machinery kits the rovers we call them right now they're movable between machinery because we recognize that farmers don't necessarily use the header all year round but they when they need it on there they need it on there and then they might move it to the sprayer and then back to the tractor it just depends what they need to do so it's got a yeah, magnetic base, uh, easily removable between different parts of the machine. That portable device acts as a repeater that can connect other machines, but it can also connect back via the fixed infrastructure. So what we're picturing is that any farm that's in an area that doesn't have a fast and reliable cellular coverage around all of it will have a combination of those two devices to provide the coverage everywhere they need it. A large part of what we've been doing in Australia already is connecting the farmhouse, connecting the workshop, the places where farmers are spending a large portion of their time. But we're increasingly finding people asking for the portable solution because they need it when they're out in the field. So we're trying to position ourselves to really sort of lead that market.
3: Very cool. Will it be useful to a farm of any size?
2: I don't think there's a farm that's too small. Like if there's a small farm that doesn't have good coverage, then um, it's very easy to to deliver a huge amount of value just by putting one on top of the house and having coverage even just for a mile around the house can be incredibly useful. Not having to go back in to to make a phone call or go back in to look something up on the internet is a huge time saver. Uh, On the larger side, right now, I don't see a, a path forward with our tech stack for solving the problem for cattle ranches The biggest that we've connected is uh 30, acres um uh, over in the wheat belt in western australia and that was quite a significant project and that's that was a couple of years ago so it's certainly feasible to do that it does depend on the type of country that you're in but i think anyone in the cropping industry and anyone who's making use of precision ag practices uh certainly can uh, can get a lot of gains from increased connectivity
1: us is very big on mixed farming as well. So if you take a a large ranch, for example, the the notion of setting up nodes, that technology that Dan's got can be actually set, set up as an outstation somewhere and suddenly open up an entire valley, for example. And suddenly when you're doing yard operations with cattle, um, you've now, and you've got your auto-drafting auto walkover way, you've got very data-rich technology, you could be doing some uh, fat scoring with vision systems or whatever, looking slightly ahead in time. At the end of the day, the notion of having multiple nodes across a, fu- a very large operation, uh, especially where you've got lots of valleys, for example, or you want to open up a whole new piece of country to an operation is critical. We often think that uh, the farmhouse is the ultimate node, but it won't have to be. And that's what's really exciting in my view about dance technology.
2: Yeah, and as we build out these networks, there's a really massive opportunity to provide a public benefit as well. Um, So if one farm gets connected, then sharing that connectivity with their neighbours and allowing um, everyone to benefit from that is is something that makes a lot of sense. The incremental cost to provide that additional benefit to neighbouring properties is very low. Um, So that's something that we're working um, on locally here to um, bring to market as quickly as we can. And the wider opportunity is incredibly exciting to actually provide uh, connectivity onto roads that have uh, mobile dead spots. Like obviously there are a lot of roads where your traditional 4G or LTE carriers just simply can't economically reach. There's no reason for them to build 4G towers everywhere um, that people would like them, it's just too expensive. But in these low population density areas, what we're looking for here and what I think we've found is a model that can actually provide connectivity via a lower, much lower cost method. Like we're talking about something a hundred times cheaper, a thousand times cheaper than a a cell tower. Then we could really be filling in the gaps everywhere where it's needed. And that opens up options for uh, for developing economies as well. So, yeah, there's a huge market there that we're going after, starting with agriculture.
3: Right. Do you know how much it's going... Cost. we
2: want the, the, the vehicular system to be um, a, a couple of thousand dollars Australian which is like under two thousand dollars us is is the target price for the fixed infrastructure a, uh, a an LTE small cell typically costs uh, say between twenty and fifty thousand um, dollars and then you need spectrum and a, you're talking about a hundred thousand dollar project we know we need to be able to solve this problem Um uh, At least 10 times cheaper than that. For the mass market farmers to make use of this, we need to be talking in the the thousands of dollars, not in the tens of thousands.
3: Right. And at that price point, it seems like it would be very easy to pay it off with the yield increases that they could get by being able to access the data.
2: Exactly. Yeah, and, and for Zetify, our, our, our part to scale on this, so we're, we're trying to position ourselves essentially to be ready and have everything working and everyone know us and trust us when uh, Case IH and when John Deere come out with a fully autonomous machine that's only really practically usable if you've got full connectivity. So we're, we're not making any secret that we're betting big on that happening in the next few years and that we're going to be there with the connectivity solution when it happens.
0: Many thanks to Dan and Dave for sharing this project with us. Let me know what you thought about this episode and the topics we discussed by emailing me at mpogner at lessetermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. You can also keep up on the latest precision practices impacting your dealership by registering for a free PFD daily email. Go to precisionfarmingdealer.com to sign up. I hope that you'll join us again for the next episode in our 2021 podcast series. For Dan Winson, Dave Lamb, and all of us here at Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Associate Editor Michaela Pauchner. Thanks for listening.